The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callaghan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. You know what's kind of funny? Every day, a lot of people get up and apply a layer of aluminium to a sensitive area of skin that acts to regulate heat and moisture in the body. This is not something you'd normally be finding in the body, but because it might block out a bit of moisture and smell, we pop it on without thinking. But is it really a good idea? And are there other ways? Well, yes, but natural deodorant hasn't always had the best image. Everyone has probably known someone they could smell at five paces who told them they're fine as they run a crystal under their arm occasionally. Some mixtures have so much rosemary and coconut oil that you end up smelling like a body odour lamb roast. There has been both an efficacy and an image problem, which is where today's guest steps in. Mel Lewis was tackling an endurance 100km challenge and needed something that worked, but that wasn't full of nasties. She figured out there had to be a better way, so applied for a research grant through Callahan Innovation, got it, and partnered with a product developer expert to create a range of natural products that act like a natural Botox, suppressing some perspiration, but not with a layer of stuff you'd chuck in a recycling bin. To solve the image problem, the Ultrella products are presented in a fun, colourful, producty brand that looks more hair salon than hippie shop with a novel application approach. To chat the journey, where they are today and where it's going in this new world, Mel joins us now. Kia ora, g'day, how are you? Kia ora, thanks for having me. Hey, so um, first up, how did this endurance event get you interested in natural deodorants? Um... If I'm perfectly honest, it was um, a matter of necessity. Um, we were training, I was training in a group of four, and we were doing huge distances through our training. Like we'd easily do a marathon a day and every Saturday and Sunday leading up to the event. And when you're in close quarters with people like that, you need a deodorant that works. Um, I couldn't find one that worked with my sensitive skin. Um, so it came about through that. I started making my own. What was out there? Like, what did you what What did you find when you looked for one? Um, this was back in 2016, so quite a long time ago. And at the time, the deodorant, I'm sorry, the I guess the um, the category was really in its infancy. There weren't that many options out there. Um, there were a few ones in a jar, a couple of roll-ons, um, and that was really it at the time. Yeah, it's something that I've been interested in for a while as, 
you know, you think, you, you look back and um, you go, oh, well, how could they have put um, food in lead cans or toothpaste in lead, you know, when it's so bad for you? And then you think, what are we doing today that's that silly? And I'll bet that they'll look back and think that it was pretty bananas that we would paint a layer of aluminium onto an organ that absorbs things every morning. I know. Someone once described the um, armpits as like the um, an entry and exit point on a motorway. You know, it's where so much is going on. You've got your lymph nodes. It's really close to breast tissue. Um, yeah, it's not a good place to be putting aluminium at the end of the day. And so, and, um, and, and so, what sorry. was it? Sorry, no, no, no sorry to, to jump in there. Yeah, why, why did it have to be natural for you? Like, what was your journey to get to the point where you were concerned about aluminium on these important areas? Um, my grandmother had had, had breast cancer, um, and just that was enough to really make you stop and think about the products you put on your skin, specifically your armpits, um, the kind of food you're eating, everything like that. Um, and really, it just went from there. And so how did you go about it? Like, what was the jump from, oh, there's not much that's actually very useful out here, I'd better make my own? Did you start doing some kitchen chemistry, or what were the first steps? Yeah, that's exactly it, exactly it. At my kitchen bench, um, just trying different recipes with ingredients that were kind of at hand. Because I've got sensitive skin, I couldn't use baking soda, and that's um, a key ingredient for in, well, the majority of natural deodorants out there. Um, it's a really alkaline ingredient, and it really irritates the skin, but it is an effective deodorant um, ingredient. That's why it's often used. So really it was just me giving things a go. My mum is super fit, and she... Um, She's one of those people who could do a spin class and come out of it not even sweating. And one day I was at her place and I noticed she was taking this magnesium hydroxide supplement. And I just had this thing, I'm sure I'd seen that somewhere. And I remember I'd seen it on a deodorant from overseas and I started researching it and I found that it was a really, um, a really good natural deodorant option. So then I just started kind of buying ingredients, making, you know, having a go at it. And it, originally it wasn't as a business, it was just for me having a problem I needed to solve. And then it kind of all grew organically. I started sharing it with like friends and family and they got great um, kind of results with them. And I wasn't working at the time, so I thought, well, why don't I make my own opportunity and I'll, I'll run with that and see what I can do. Yeah, uh, and what time was that? So had you taken a step out of career to raise children at that moment? Because I love it when people say I wasn't working and I think the whole world yeah. right now understands just how much work is involved oh, being at home with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I should rephrase that. I wasn't in paid employment. Yeah. Um, my husband and I had sold a business a couple of years before that and um, I'd taken some time out because we'd been working really crazy hours in a hospitality tourism business. And then when I went to go back into it, I thought I'd just get a kind of part-time job. It was so much harder than I thought it would be. And um, so my confidence was knocked, if I'm completely honest. Um, I wasn't in a really good headspace. And the deodorant was a way for me to just feel really positive about something. And it was, you know, I just thought I'd start small. So I started going to markets, um, local markets in Hawke's Bay. I sold through a number of local retailers and I built a Shopify store. And tell me about going for the grant through Callahan Innovation to get that research and development. How did you find out about that and how did that help help the journey? Oh, it made such a difference. So I, as I said, I'm from Hawke's Bay and there's a, um, the business hub in Ahureri in Napier is just the most really wonderful supportive place. It's full of all these different, um, you know, organisations and groups who are under the one umbrella and you can just get such a lot of help from them. They, um, 
they put me through um, what's called co-starters. It's an entrepreneurship program. And just having someone you can call and ask questions, you know, and just put, they can put you in touch with different people. And through the regional business partners network, they suggested that I go for this grant, the Callahan grant. And so that just made such a world of difference um, on such a number of levels. First of all, it made me really consolidate and get really clear about what I wanted to achieve. Um, also, it gave me the financial backing. Um, to bring these products to market um, and also at the end of the day the Callaghan name is just so well known around New Zealand just being able to say to people in the industry oh look I've, I've got this grant um, do you think we could work together could you help me with something it's just immediate kudos you know and recognition and how does that help you go from, you know, the the markets scale and I guess scale of um, professional presentation to where you are today? As looking at the website and the product offering, you know, it looks beautiful, it looks very slick, and it looks very much like it can sit in any kind of, um, you, you know, nice personal luxuries uh, shelf in a department store or anywhere like that. Um, and so a big, big jump up from kind of um, the really natural personal market approach yeah totally and thank you i really appreciate that it's um tech that's a job well done then <laughs> um hey now what it was is it was i was kind of trucking along with my little business and then you know how it is on summer holidays you have a bit of downtime and you get a bit of time to think and and so on and we um last summer we were at lake rotawiti with some friends and it was just lovely and you know you're just having you got that headspace just to think and I had this kind of light bulb moment where I realized that I had a personal problem. It worked for me. So I was going to, I was trying to, I guess, sell that to other people. But having been in business for that year and gone to all these markets and had all the feedback from people through the website and social media, I realized I was sitting on this gold mine of um, just mountain of feedback from people. And it made me realize that I wasn't giving them what they wanted. You know, people were really honest now about, you know, and forthright about what they want and natural products and so on. And it made me realize that I wasn't, well, I couldn't do better, I guess. And that's how it all came from there. I just really started thinking about, well, look, if I'm going to give these people what they want, I need to make some big changes to my business. And the Callahan grant was the first step in that because I realized I was going to need a, the, um, I just needed the product knowledge and the technical scientific knowledge to create the products I wanted, but also the financial backing to get it done. Yeah, because yeah, there there is that kind of image issue around a natural product, isn't it? Where it kind of has to work twice as good as an unnatural one for people to take it seriously. And and so the efficacy is there, but also that image pro problem of like, um, maybe it's not as effective if it feels too kind of naturally. And so, yeah, it's been really cool to look at the product and see how um, it, it certainly doesn't appear like a supernatural, here's a crystal kind of... Um, <laughs> Patchouli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patchouli, um, like a salt lick that you pass under your arm. Yeah. I think it's changed. I mean, it's changed heaps in the time I've been in business. And I think people are I'm a lot more um, kind of willing and accepting of natural products. But personally, I think that natural deodorants are almost like the last bastion. Because there's so many, like you said, the efficacy issues and you know, kind of the fear of being seen as the smelly person or the... You know, you, you don't want to be sweating in a meeting or anything like that. People are still, often people are quite wary of trying a natural natural deodorant. And I really wanted to um, to hit the market with products that were so good that even your most seasoned antiperspirant user would be tempted to try them out. 
And how do you do that? So, you know, and, and there's quite a bit to deodorant as well, hey, because there's antiperspirant and then there's stuff that just tries to put a block in and then there's stuff that tries to soak it up. And it's not a simple world, is it? I know. So if we get technical from it, that's like antiperspirant is just like in the name. It's anti, antiperspirant. It, it uses ingredients such as aluminium or um, propylene glycol, which is essentially what antifreeze in your car is. Um, you know, things like that, triclosan, various ingredients they can use, and they plug up, they temporarily plug up your sweat glands, which works, obviously, but if you actually think about, like you're saying, what that's actually doing to your body, that's not a good thing. Our bodies are designed to sweat. Um, and then a natural deodorant, as you said, plugs up, the, uh, sorry, it, it just kind of mops up or soaks up the sweat using the plant powders or the baking soda, as I talked about, various things like that. And so I wanted to come in in the middle um, what we've created is a demi-perspirant. Um, it's a really new concept, and essentially it's semi, partially controlling the sweat but not stopping it completely. Right, and how do you partially control the sweat in a natural way? Because you've got something that's kind of described as a natural Botox, which sounds quite intriguing. <laughs> um, so... What we've done is use this ingredient, it's called IBR Snowflake, and it's made from, um, it's an extract from summer snowflake bulbs, and it's generally used in facial creams um, as a skin tightening um, kind of ingredient. But the people who make it did clinical trials, and they found that after a week of morning and evening usage, um, they saw an average reduction in 36% across the, um, the clinical trial group. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but people who have heavy sweating issues, they inject Botox into their armpits. Right. How heavy a sweating issue do you have to have before you start putting in Botox into your armpits? Oh, well, a friend of ours had it done and he said it was the most painful thing he's ever had. I just, yeah, the idea of it. So there's got to be a better way than that. But um, So we created this product that uses this hero ingredient the snowflake extract and then we supported it with lots of other lovely ingredients um to create a really really great natural deodorant option and how does the natural botoxy thing because botox you get this idea in your head of something very permanent yeah. don't you well this very permanent. Is, how does how does this operate in terms of like you know doing a bit of plugging up and is it as is it as permanent or how does it go no, no, no. So it's just it's a natural option. It doesn't have no, it's not that bad. Um, but just it it basically just works with your body to control your sweat levels, and then that's supported by the other ingredients. We've got a um, a prebiotic in there. Um, you know the importance of gut health. You know we know about prebiotics and probiotics. Well, the bacteria on your skin is just the same, and the body odor is caused and sweat is caused by um, basically your natural processes and the bacteria on your skin, the bad bacteria on your skin. So what we're trying to do is just crowd out the bad bacteria by feeding it the good bacteria with the prebiotics. And is it the bacteria kind of eating through what you excrete that make the smell? You know, like if you've had lots of onions or something, you might smell a bit oniony. I guess you have all kinds of these conversations. Is that because of the way that the 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 way the bacteria are kind of feeding off what's coming out of you? Yeah, and everyone metabolizes, you know, everything differently. Um, But no, there's one of the ingredients, zinc oxide, actually reacts with the sweat molecules and it turns them into like these harmless zinc. molecules rather than 
going on the producers to sweat. So it's quite embarrassing, but yeah, I could get all, I could talk about sweat for hours. No, it's, I don't it's great. It's, no, it's <laughs> great. It's great to, well, it's these taboos that we don't talk about, yeah. you know, that we that yeah. we don't talk about that make that mean that there's an interesting business in there. If you love the spin-off, the best way to show it is to become part of the spin-off members. This is the fund that helps us keep free and accessible to all without a paywall. It also funds some of our most important and acclaimed journalism. Check it out through the spin-off. Kia ora, sorry for this interruption, it's Alice Neville here. I am the food editor at the spin-off. And I just wanted to pop in and tell you about our food podcast, Dietary Requirements. Hosted by me... Simon Day and Sophie Gilmore. It celebrates all there is to know about eating and drinking. There's cooking tips, there's special guests, there's what we've been eating and drinking lately, and we try not to chew into the microphone too much. So if you like food and drink, listen in. You won't regret it. It's it's at thespinoff.co.nz and all your favourite podcast providers. No, and it's just, it's really important to me that people have options, natural options that, that work for them. Um, we've also created a mask, which sounds a bit gimmicky, but I've lost count of the number of times I've um, spoken to people who have used an antiperspirant for years, then they've tried to go over to a natural natural deodorant. Um, then obviously, you might could be after decades of antiperspirant use. It's quite hard for your body to start sweating again naturally, and they might smell more, um, they might sweat more, they might get a rash, and then they blame that on the natural deodorant option. They think that, look, it's just not for me, and then it's a vicious circle because they go back to using the antiperspirant. Um, so what we did is create a mask. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen that Pitch Perfect movie with Rebel Wilson, but there's no, there's a line in it where um, one of the characters tells the other one to calm your pits, Becca, and... Um, I was watching that with my kids one night and I thought, oh, that would be such a good name for a deodorant product. And so we called the um, the mask carpets in the sense <laughs> that turn your armpits into carpets. <laughs> um, and so it's this lovely pink pink mask that you put on your armpits and you use that for the first seven days when you're transitioning from using an, an antiperspirant. And it just basically draws, helps you draw all the nasties out, just as you would put a, you know, a mask on your face. And then it just supports the armpit skin as well. Wow, because you see people on social media sharing photos of themselves with the little eye patches and the the masks. Do you think the next thing's going to be seeing people with pink armpit kind of uh, painted on bits? <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. No, no, no. No, it's great, great. <laughs> oh, new Instagram trend for you, Simon. Yeah, yeah no, um, yeah, no, I'm really proud of it. It's a lovely, lovely product and hopefully it'll make people, you know, make it easier for people to go natural and be kind to their bodies. And tell me about developing that brand and the name and the feel for it, which is all pretty fresh as well, hey? Really fresh. So um, we actually only launched the Friday before lockdown, so we're brand new, um, absolutely brand new. Um, in terms of launching the brand or starting the brand, I knew I basically wanted to use all the lessons from what I'd learned with the previous business and our business before that and just create a really fun, positive um, kind of innovative brand. And I wanted the packaging to reflect that. I wanted the name to reflect that, you know, all our social media, all our positioning, I really wanted it to be really cohesive. Um, In terms of the name, I found that really stressful. I think it's actually as hard as naming a child because, you know, you want it to be easy to say, 
well, you know what I mean, there's so many elements to it, right? And you want it to really resonate with people. And I looked at every, I felt like every option under the sun and I just, we couldn't work it out. And I, in the end, I was driving to my friend's house this one night and I was thinking about different words. And I've always wanted to go to that festival Coachella, you know, the US music festival. And I love the way the word just runs off your tongue. And I was like, well, what could rhyme with Coachella? And then I was, I'd backpacked through South America years ago and I knew that Ella was the, fem- the Spanish word for her or she. And so I was like, what could I put at the beginning of that that would really you know, sound great? And then I tried all these different words and I was driving along and I was like, oh, ultra, ultra. And, was, and I pretty much ran off the road and I was like, oh God, I've got to see if the trademark's free. What can I do? Um, and it all just came from there. And once we had the name, then all the branding and stuff just flowed. It was a really, really great process. Um, I work with a lady called Anne Davenport, who's in Auckland, and she's a really, really talented graphic designer. And she just helped me create the look of it. Yeah, it's cool. And that ultra does talk to like the, you know, Gillette kind of, you know, um, performance kind of carry on. And the Ella Mm. is such a lovely way to kind of bring it into your own world and own zone. Mm. But in terms of the packaging, I wanted it to be different as well. Like... um, if we touched on earlier, lots of natural deodorants are in a pot and you have to put your finger in. And if you've got nails or, you know, lots of people have an issue with, you know, bacterial issues and stuff like that in terms of actually putting their hands into it. Um, so with we've put the deodorant into a pouch, which is different in itself. And um, it just means that you can, you just take the lid off, you squeeze a tiny portion out onto your fingertip and then you use your fingertip to rub it like gently massage it into each armpit um so it's super easy to use and you control how much comes out so you don't have to worry about scooping any and back in or anything like that um there's also um another supporting product that's a body spray that can be used either as a whole body spray or a natural deodorant spray um and that's in a recycled plastic bottle um it was really important to me that i made really good choices and like sustainability you know choices in terms of the packaging yeah like with those pouches you've got quite a unique recycling scheme going on as you know like lots of things they're in theory recyclable but it's not always that easy if you're doing something new to get it into the normal uh recycling um kind of Mm. kind of systems is it well if i'm honest i really hoped i wanted to use a compostable or a recycled plastic option um so I got that with the bottles. Um, they were actually made in a carbon neutral factory, which made me really, really good. But I had to go just as a startup, you know, you've got limited budgets and funds. So I went with just a virgin plastic option. But I'm really concerned about, you know, I don't want them going into landfill. You know, it's really important to me that people have the options. And I know that soft plastic schemes are quite varied in terms of what's around the country. So I thought, right, if I'm going to do this in good faith I've got to make it as easy for people as possible to recycle them um, so we have partnered with a leading recycling company to take we'll take them back so what I'm saying is every time people get to five pouches at home they just let us know we'll send them out a courier pack so they don't have to worry about paying for it or anything like that they send it back to us we stockpile them here in Hawke's Bay and then they'll get shipped out to be recycled it just makes me feel really good as a consumer and as a business owner that we're taking charge with this. 
Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, the glass, the glass bottles and stuff are great, but there's also questions about, you know, glass is amazing. It can last for a thousand years if you use it over and over again. But all yeah. of these, you know, beer bottles we make as a society and wine bottles that are used once and then smashed and then all that energy has to go to doing it all over again. It's not, yeah, completely. it's, you know, the, the, the best is a bottle return and a wash and a clean and a reuse, but that's not happening anywhere, you know, here on that scale. Not so, at the moment, no, so, no. So sometimes and, super light plastic uh, can be a more efficient way if you are taking oh, those steps I agonized over it I really agonized over it because I know there's a huge you know there's a huge push against plastic at the moment but I was using jars and they had a plastic you know glass jars with a plastic lid but when you know when all the recycling rules here in New Zealand tightened up um, I'm not sure of the exact name of it, but like the Chinese sword or whatever it was the policy over in China national sword or whatever it was I did a bit of um, due diligence and I talked to my suppliers, my lid supplier, and I said to them, look, what, because it doesn't actually say what kind of plastic it is. And they were like, it's a seven, which is ABS. So then I talked to their supplier and they were like, look, sorry, there's no recycling stream here in New Zealand. And that's when I just started to feel, look, I just didn't, I couldn't countenance it. I was like, no, I've got to do something about this. And the pouches, because they're so light and obviously they come to us flat, I can fit thousands, like 2,000 in each shipping container or shipping carton, sorry, box. And I know like through, we've, we've done run heaps of numbers and it makes a big difference all through the supply chain. It's not just, you know, getting from the manufacturer to the production, you know, house, whatever. It's all through the supply chain right down to that last courier journey through to, you know, the consumer's home. And we're not having to put any extra protective packaging around it like I would with a glass. Um... So I just use those better packaging, you know, the compost bags, mm. better packaging company ones. And so that's all it is. They're literally, it goes straight into them and we post it out. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a better option. And by, by setting up the possibility for those circular systems, it's bringing more awareness and helping build out for them to be more easily accessible into the future, hey? I hope so. I really hope so. And we all have to do our bit. Yeah. Really do. And so what kind of things... Um, have you brought in from your past businesses and from things like endurance sport and raising kids and stuff that have helped you kind of get this off the the, the, the ground? Because I heard you say that you had met, you know learnt a few lessons out of your last um, your last companies. Oh, um, oh, across heaps of things, time management, just having the confidence, you know, in yourself. Um, yeah, just raising children, goodness me. I'm not the person to quote talking about that in the middle of this lockdown. Um, no, but really, yeah, it comes, I think it's just being a leader. Um, you're being comfortable to make big decisions. You're dealing with different types of people. Yeah, across lots of things. I really would say lots of things. Um, it's been a really, really great experience over the last year bringing it to market. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. And how is it, I mean, everyone's in the same boat to a certain um, degree, but, you know, having poured so much passion and, and, and um, energy and commitment and work into getting it ready for its big launch, and then it launches just a couple of days before the whole world stops. Like, yeah, what, 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 are the, what does the new environment mean for you? And are there, are there positives and people spending more time on the internet or, you know, what, what's the way through? Oh, you've got to think positively, don't you? Um. I sat there on the Friday before lockdown with my finger over the go life button, literally just poised in mid-air, going, do I do it? Do I not? What do I do? Like there were all these situations running through my head. And I just keep thinking, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? 
Like we've worked, not just me, but a number of people have worked so hard and so passionately and diligently over the last year to bring it to market. And I just thought I owe it to them and I'm just going to do it. And so my finger crashed down on that go live button. Um, I mean, it's not how, if I could have it in my ideal world, how I'd be launching a business. But do you know, it is what it is. And we've just got to make the best of the situation. It's been really well received. Um, I think well, I've had a number of messages from people who are just, who are happy to see something positive. You know what I mean? There's so much negativity negativity out there at the moment. And people are just really happy to see something, you know, because someone's got the guts to to do it at this time and the packaging's really fun and it's just something positive that people can see in their feed so it's been really great yeah and how are you going to be um, able to get it out there and build up kind of uh retail and direct to consumer once um once we're able to do things like drop oh. things into stores and send stuff in the post <laughs> it's a brave new world isn't it yeah so we are selling um the first week or so was really stressful, just waiting to hear, you know, find out what was essential and what wasn't. Um, but then I got on the MBIE Essentials Register, and that was like this huge weight was lifted from my shoulders. Um, and then I had we had confirmation that, you know, we, if we needed to restock in terms of manufacturing, that the, the man, contract manufacturer in Auckland could make them, everything like that. So once that was all going, I felt comfortable um, with that. It was just, yeah, such a good feeling. And now it's just a matter of, we're just building our profile, um, just letting people know who we are, doing quite a lot of um, education around the ingredients, as you said, then really new, um, and just teaching people what we're about. Cool. And where can people find it and try it? So at the moment, we sell through our own website. Um, we did have a number of stockers lined up, but obviously that's been curtailed for now. Um yeah, so it's in, it'll, it'll be in a number of stores around New Zealand, um, down the track, a number of gyms, like Pilates studios, health food shops, um, your more eco kiosky places. Um, but for now, we'll just, you know, kind of maintain our relationships with those organizations, companies, and then we'll also be talking to more um, online-based retailers. Um, I've had approaches, which is really cool, from overseas already. Um, so that was, you know, that was fantastic. That's so cool. What what advice would you have for someone who does have like a a problem that they're solving for themselves and that kind of feeling that maybe maybe it is a bigger problem that they could double down on? Oh, I just say do it. I'm guilty of overthinking things and wanting to be everything to be perfect. And the best thing I've learned this year is just to get out and give it a go. Um, ask questions. Um, when I did that co-starters course, one of the things they got you to do was to talk to a number of different business owners. And it was so heartening because every time I'd do it, people would say yes to a coffee. You know, they were happy to share their experiences with you and so on. And I just love that. Um, but I really do think there's never been, apart from lockdown, you know, whatever's going on, it's such a great time to launch a business. Like Shopify, for example, makes it so easy, really easy to have a website. Um, there's just so many resources out there, as I said, with the Business Hub up in, in Napier. They've just been so helpful to me as a novice business owner. Um, I've got a great business coach that I met through them. You know, Zero makes it so easy to do all your accounting. Um, I use an inventory management system called Sin7. I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's just exceptional, exceptional. And you know, I just say to people, go for it. 
and what will success look like for you? You know, you're very early on the, this this particular oh. journey. <laughs> um, talking to you feels pretty good, Simon. <laughs> um, no, on a day-to-day thing, I just love getting messages from people saying, thank you, your product makes a real difference to my life. That's what makes it real. Um, we had all these, I've got, we had all these stats for, you know, how many retail outlets we wanted to be in and stuff by the end of the year. But I don't really know about that anymore. We're just going to do the best we can with the situation we're in. Mm. And we just, yeah, go yeah. on with it. It feels a bit like that at the moment, doesn't it? Success is a, a sunny patch for a walk with the kids and then um, the world coming back to normal and then we can all keep going. Oh, if my kids would do what I said when we were doing homeschooling, yeah, I'd call that a success. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I can't complain. I feel really lucky to be where we are. Uh, that's so cool. Well, thank you for sharing the story of Ultrella today. What's um, ha- Tell us the website so we can get to it. Ultrella.co. Ultrella.co. Uh, yeah, Super and easy. really look forward to seeing um, where it goes. So cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for sharing your story. And thank you very much to Tina Tiller for producing. And thank you very much for having us along and listening. If there's anyone you'd like to hear from, hit us up on Twitter at Simon underscore pound. Cheers there. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tāmaki Makaurau, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.